0: this is the a to z podcast i'm zach jackson he's andre not at akron jackson at dre not on most of your favorite social media platforms at facebook.com slash a to z podcast at a to z podcast.com shouts as always to scene to the honeymoon grill to american fireworks always open at american fireworks.com shouts to you guys for listening for helping this thing grow for interacting with us i almost said keeping us humble but that'd be some bullshit uh, keeping us honest, keeping <laughs> us on our toes um, Just a couple, you know, quick things uh, When I tweeted the other day during the game To uh, Something to Derek Anderson I didn't need 50 well actually As I knew exactly what I was doing there Just making sure you guys all saw that um, uh, Speaking of knowing exactly what re- I was wait, doing Wait, wait, Dre- wait,
1: wait, wait. Yep. wait, wait You didn't respond to my text though that- During that
0: <laughs> Hang on, I-, I lost you for a second What'd you say? You didn't respond to my
1: text when you tweeted that.
0: Um, Dude, during the game. Like, at the end of the game yesterday, (laughs) last week, I had 126 texts, so I don't even remember what it was.
1: I will not repeat it here. Don't worry. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway. um, (laughs) If we're going to talk about OSU quarterbacks, I'd rather talk about Justin Fields. Um, Let's start there, Dre. You know, I've actually talked to some NFL people who, you know, based – he's going to go high. He's going to go early. Um, Some people, based off what he did last year, are far from convinced. But he's big. He's fast. He's got a great arm. He's going to be super productive this year. And I think it was the 41 or 42 yarder over the middle, if you know which throw I'm talking about. I mean, he threw it like – an 18 yard like if that's an 18 yard pass you're like wow that's enough arm but he threw that and it just kept on going and it was right where it needed to be and um they're gonna score a lot of points he's gonna put up a lot of numbers uh you know which throw i'm talking about
1: yeah the one Wilson that started off the scoring i'm gonna go a step further his intelligence stands off the table all the the numbers i don't know what he's gonna weigh in at. i don't know how tall he's gonna be um but there's an intelligence to playing quarterback that he seems to have that innate, you know, sixth feel or fifth. He has the feel for quarterbacking, and that to me comes from just the intelligence of understanding the position. And a lot of kids at that stage just don't have it, um, and for multiple reasons. And I feel like we're seeing more young quarterbacks come into the league, and they don't need to sit for a year and a half, two years, because now they've been thrown. We've talked about this before. But they've been throwing these seven-seven-on-seven camps since they were 12, you know, and, and most of these kids are call, damn are calling their own plays in the line of scrimmage from the age of 14, 15 years old. Right. And I think Fields, to me, Zach, is the culmination of the last 10 years of football, perfectly packaged. Um, you know, like I said, we can talk about arm strength, you can talk about all the his running ability. Um, to me, he has an intelligence and he has that that innate feeling that you can't teach, and to have it at this age tells you he's going to be great. I mean, it's the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, both of these kids, they don't play like their age. We saw that from Lawrence, you know, at 18 years old. And I really think it comes from putting these guys through the grind. I mean, most quarterbacks 20 years ago, by 18, had never thrown more than 20 passes in a game.
0: You know, these guys do that, you
1: know, in a a, a half now when they're 15. And I think that's making a big difference.
0: Yeah. Um, Did you see the one from Lawrence? I think it was two games ago against Georgia Tech. He gives the play-action no. fake and rolls to the left and throws it back across his body, and it's like a freaking dart. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know,
1: the other, thing, the other thing I'll say about Fields and Lawrence, and to me, in the changing of the game, usually when you could run like either one of those kids, when they were coming up when you and I were raised, they would have been running the option a ton, right? And They would have been pitching it. Neither of those guys rely on their legs as much as they could. I think that's made them better pocket passers as well. I mean, you could run field 20, 25 times in a game if you really wanted to. Yeah. And at Ohio State, you could win. You could win big that way with them.
0: Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, And and that's kind of my one concern. Now, off of game one, you should have a lot of concerns. You should have a lot of areas to address, and you're not jumping to any conclusions, right? Um, I didn't see this, Trey, this week. Someone sent it to me that Urban Meyer said that the whiteout crowd at Penn State is worth a touchdown itself and I'm certainly not going to argue with him on that. I just think this week when they go in there with no fans, uh, I think Fields and Day are on a mission to put up certain numbers and say things a certain way, whether they come out outright and say them or not, right? And I just think Ohio State is yeah, going to was- score at will and pound those guys. Yeah,
1: Penn State, no offense to them. they needed to. I watched a lot of their game last week, and I don't know if that kid got to the end zone or not. I don't think he did. But they deserved to lose the game.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Like, I was convinced on first look, and we were texting. I do remember this text. I was convinced he didn't (laughs) get in. And then on second look, I I wasn't so sure.
1: Right. And you know what, though? He may have broke the plane. He really may have broke the plane. He didn't hit the cone, the pylon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we didn't have the angle to show that. And I was talking to – I was actually texting with you, and I was texting with a guy that works in TV production for football games. And he was actually on the road getting ready to do, you know do his Sunday NFL game, and I said to him, I go, man, if you guys had that this game, would you have an angle? And he said, of course. Now he works in the number one CBS team, so right. He's like, so they, he's like, yeah, we would have had the pylon, you know, Cam. We would have had a Cam right down the goal line, because I think for a lot of people, because he didn't hit the pylon when his leg hit down, we all were like, well, he was short. But I think if you look straight down the goal line, I think the ball was. I mean, and, you know, this isn't a guarantee. But I think it was pretty damn close, Zach, to him hitting them. The, regardless of all that, great game for them and an eye-opener for Penn State. Could that be a bad thing for Ohio State? The it, Penn State yeah. yeah. You know what I
0: mean? I don't know. No, I, I heard Cardale uh, on the radio this morning, actually. And not only did they bring up maybe our favorite event ever we've attended, Cardale's press conference at the Ginn Academy. Oh, but geez. he said – He just said if you're a kid that plays at Penn State, this is your whole season because normally – you know, you say, hey, you lose early, whatever. You got a lot of season, but but you don't. You don't have a lot of season left. Uh, right. No doubt. Now, and and I, I kind of agree with that. But I'm glad you brought up uh, how that game ended. Otherwise, I'd have glossed right over it. Today, you tweeted me an Eric Mangini joke, and a few people got it, and we appreciate those. And we don't care if anybody gets our jokes because we do, and we still laugh nope. at them. But exactly. what are the chances of last weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, big-time games are lost. Because running backs don't just fall down because they went ahead and scored. I mean, it's crazy to see yeah. it.
1: It is. And the one in the pro game, um, Gurley, hey, Gurley can still play, by the way. He really must have pictures of the coach's wife. Um, that's nor here nor there. <laughs> but he didn't make a boneheaded play last Sunday. Hey, I said that on eight. Z- How
0: on bad Saturday must show. his backups that's be, really?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What he's a fuck?
0: running back who can't um, run. Yeah.
1: Right, right. But he can't. He, I mean, he's, if you watch, he's run his ass off the last two weeks. Uh, I'll say this, though, which is killing me. And tip hats off to Eric Mancini. By the way, we're going to get Eric Mancini on this podcast. Why? Because I heard him on two Jersey Boys podcasts last week, and it was a complete joke. He'll go on their podcast, he'll go on ours. <laughs> um, but shout out and tip of the hat to Mancini and Belichick for practicing these things. But can I say something? If you're an NFL team, and the other team's got no timeouts. He's got to go seventy-five yards in a minute and twelve. You don't deserve to be an NFL football team yeah. if you allow them to go right down the field
0: and score back. Well, no, hey, Jesus. Like, you what take what this you take what you can get, right? And in these situations, that—that's the crazy part. You know, you mentioned it before. Quarterbacks now more than ever, at a younger age specifically, are ready for those improbable situations because they throw so much yeah. because they work on it. Because no huddle and because taking chances is, is more in nature, where it used to be run it off tackle 50 times, right? And when we talk yeah. about my masculine story, we'll talk about the night you had 50 carries in Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, and this podcast will last for two and a half <laughs> hours, and yada, 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 yada. But anyway, <laughs> almost every time, let's not get derailed here, almost every time one of these crazy things happen, there is a defensive lapse or a coaching mistake that you say, really, they pay these guys millions of dollars and they do that shit when it counts?
1: Right. Right. It's unbelievable. And, and it does go back to our days with Eric Mangini. And for all the him and and Holland, and as much as we didn't like it, and as much as the players hated it, and as much as we made jokes about getting all the little white linebackers he could find, there is, there's a science to what he was teaching, right? Yeah, Like, there is something, too, going over all the small little things. And to me... It's amazing that we're this far into the evolution of football because football is different. And, you know, and, and look, I'll be the first to admit – I'm raising my hand. I'll be the first to admit on Saturday afternoons I'm bitching to you by one thirty, two o'clock about the fundamentals of the game or how guys don't know how to tackle or how tack- – like, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I've, I've become that guy. And watching the game, there's little things that I watch, whether it's on Sundays or Saturdays. where Like when I go to a high school game, and you've gone to with me before – I don't expect them. The only in a high school game I've ever complained about the tackling, and no offense, he's my boy. I like him. But when Beanie Wells was playing at Garfield, he was like little white kids from Hoban that were five seven, and Hoban wasn't recruiting like they were recruiting now from all over America um, <laughs> and getting running. But <laughs> he was like these little white kids from, the, from from Green tackle him, and I would be like, "Why is this kid going to Ohio State now?" Beanie was like 6'2", 220 in high school, right? Yes. But other I don't complain about high school kids missing tackles. I get it. But in the NFL, in college, and now I watch coverage as well. And, there, and to me, it's amazing how many people don't – and I don't know every coverage. And I know things change. But the coverages aren't that difficult. There's only, like, we always talk about learning new offenses, learning new defenses. Jack, there's only so many coverages you can have. Right. There's only so many plays – there's only so many routes you can run. And it's amazing to me that the fundamentals are the lack of understanding – like, I yell at you every time we go to a high school game. I do it at my nephew's seventh grade game. I always hate, and it's probably because i played corner my whole life, I always hate when a receiver flares out past the numbers in a high school game and the ball's on the other hash and the stupid – and it's not the cornerback's fault, it's the coach. And the cornerback goes head up on it. And I say to you and I say to every family friend I have, from my dad down, I go, that quarterback can't throw the ball all the way out there. Why would you go head up or go on these outside his shoulders? the only route he can beat you on is the slant take the slant away yes. go inside two or three yards and make him throw it up over your head even if the ball's in the middle now that's a simple rule that was taught to me 25 30 years ago and I see it in games constantly where a guy lines up wrong Zach and I'm instantly like this guy just gave up a touchdown this is how he lined up and I realize I'm looking in the mirror and it's me but it sounds like Eric Mangini
0: <laughs> yes um Darius Phillips uh, the Bengals corner made made the big play early, and then that's the play that ended Odell Beckham's season. Um, yep. You know, and, and try to, I don't know if it was the turf. I don't know if he was jumping into Andy Janovich or the way he landed after jumping. I, I don't know. But late in that game, Darius Phillips did not touch Higgins. If he does, the game's probably over, right? The Browns yep. don't have any timeouts. And he lets the Great ball go call. right through his hands playing.
1: <laughs> Great call. So listen, oh, you watch. See, this shows you watch the game. Yeah, because the, you watch the game because you looked at the little things, uh, and that's the difference in winning and losing. Go ahead. I,
0: I would say this. Look about the Browns. They're five and two. They're going to be favored of the next few games. They're going to make the playoffs. A lot of positives going on. Um, you know, thirty-eight seven and thirty-eight six happened. They're early in the process. They're probably ahead. Certainly, in, in in what do we we always say you are what your record says you are. So that, oh, but wow. I'm going to go positive after not laying those things after and in laying those things out. I don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline Tuesday, Jerry. I've certainly written my articles about it, and I will gladly you know share whatever when when and if there's something substantial. But most importantly, and this isn't everything because you still have to have guys at key positions. I feel really confident that Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry know what they're doing. Right. And I feel really confident that in that building where they'll never let us, even if it wasn't COVID, that they have a firm grasp on what they are and aren't. Right. What has happened to get to five and two, what has to happen along the way to 10 11 wins, whatever. And hell, they might be a game out of first place three weeks from now at Thanksgiving. And that would be insanity. Right. Um, Right. I trust these guys. Stefanski has not called perfect games. He's copped to it. I think a couple times he's tried to, to you know cover up for his players, but that's what a good coach does. We don't hear Absolutely. much from Andrew Barry. He doesn't answer much when he says anything. When he does, he uses big words that public school guys like me don't really understand. He's not perfect. The roster's not done. He's done a good job. He's maintained all sorts of flexibility. He's not going to bat 1,000. He's not even going to bat 500. Let me he's call bat- timeout
1: right where you're at. Yeah. Let me call timeout real quick. Um. Because of the roster is not complete, because the rebuild might not be completely where they see it at the end of the rainbow, would that make you, in your mind? I'm asking this. I'm asking this as a conversation. Do you think that makes them stand still at the deadline because yeah. of so many unknowns after yeah. the season? In your mind, I, I I think, think to me. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're more inclined to evaluate their own guys and stick with this locker room, given the circumstances. Right. You know, maybe add one guy, but I'm talking like a backup guy, right? Or a, right. a mid level right. guy. Um, I know there will be no rash decisions. I don't think there will be any heavy investments. I think they will say, we like this track that we're on, we like what we're building and how we're evaluating the building process of it, right? And we might make a move to help out, and we're going to have bigger games ahead for certain. But I I just think, you know, us talking and you guys talking at the bar when we used to be able to go there and to your friends and stuff like that, like, yeah, that, that secondary and that linebacking core needs to get better. But I think for the growth of this team, it's okay if they don't. Because it's not just about getting there and getting to those next two games against the Steelers and Ravens where you measure yourself and getting to the playoffs and measuring yourself where you really stand, whether you win or lose by 21 in that game. It's about getting to the point where your ownership allows the guys in charge to stay and make those full evaluations, right? Right. And it doesn't do us any good. Asking Jackson's the meal bag I do, and I appreciate all you guys that tweet me even when I'm not, you know, saying the meal bag's open. After the Steelers game, and I totally understand it, and I'm with you, it was all, what are we going to do at quarterback? And then, of course, this week it was crown the quarterback for beating the Bengals. Right? The truth's in the middle. The truth is in the middle. Thank don't, you. Don't need so to go there. We were
1: talking about a week Yeah. Big about it. A week, <laughs> like two weeks in the Browns land is such – It's round, it's like – Alfred Hitchcock to fucking Wee yeah. Hermit. <laughs> right and, and, and This is my
0: way I'll throw it to you in a second Let me sum up this This long circular statement with this This is my way of avoiding The Odell talk But also leading into it by like Everybody has an opinion Every game is its own story It It varies widely From week to week Of what you're talking about And how you feel about it And that's okay if you're invested, we've said all along, if you're invested in this team, you should be enjoying this shit out of five and two and the 11 and five or 10 and six that's coming, right? Because you've earned the right to enjoy it. Once you get there, Listen the stakes change. And so at receiver, yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones, the stakes have changed. The way we grade him has changed because he went from a kid redshirting, a 21-year-old with a lot of talent who, for whatever, probably lots of reasons had a disappointing college career, to now the Browns need him, Right. Rashard Higgins and, and a lot of yeah. you guys like to victory lap on me every time he makes a catch and that's fine. The guy delivers. Why? Right. And I the guy runs why, precise routes. He's not Odell Beckham. On third and must pass that number one corner, Dre, always covered Odell Beckham. On third and the must third. pass the safety, who did he shade to? Odell. Odell Beckham. See, you're,
1: getting too far ahead of the, you're getting too
0: far ahead of the game. Yeah, so, so no, here's he what I'm saying. There. Like, I get it, and Baker is a rhythm quarterback, and the, the number mm-hmm. of times that he and Odell found that rhythm does not outweigh the number of times that Baker has found his rhythm in other games with other people. I'm just saying that you look at these nine or n- next nine or ten games and the flow of this offense, which is being built, which has been challenged by the loss of Teller or the loss of Chubb, Kareem Hunt is clearly hurt, guys. He's not near 100%. Yeah. Um, like... To the victory lapping that I've seen, that we have finally rid of this guy. Like, oh my god, that's all I got to say. It's a
1: lack of intelligence. Um, the only thing I'm saying, you step ahead of with the whole Odell thing is you're talking about third now, bro. Let's talk about first and ten. Our run game since Odell Beckham, the Browns' run game since Odell Beckham Jr. became a Brown. When he is on the field, the team averages five point nine yards per carry. When he has not been on the field, the team averages 2.9 a carry. What that tells you is because Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field, you're getting three extra yards because that safety and that other safety won't dare bring themselves down into the box. That is a game-changing player, people, and I think all of us, me included, we all get so, so wrapped up in yardage and touchdown catches and passes that we miss the fine minute parts of the game. So for the person that easily and flippantly can say, well, be- Baker's better without Odell, be careful because it's not just in his stats and how many catches he gets. Suddenly Baker's job, as and this is, look, I don't think they've ever been a complete package. This is my opinion because they don't have the innate look into each other's eyes and know what the other one wants to do. And that usually comes from working in off-season. And the last off-season you had COVID. The off-season before he had to go to Paris. Neither one of them are perfect in this. I'm not – to me, it is no yeah. – if you're on a – when you're in a family, it's like I, I deal with this with my kids a lot right now. It, you know, in, in, in my, you know one, at some point in time, Isabella wants to say, it's A.J.'s fault. Another time, A.J. wants to say, it's Isabella's fault. And I'm to the point now, no, it's both of your faults. If you're, both, if you're both fighting, I don't have time to figure out whose fault it is. It's both of your faults. You've got to figure it out. Get it together. Same with Baker and Odell. They have a chance still, in my opinion, to be great together. They haven't been great as a passing-receiving combo yet because I just don't feel like they have a feel for each other. Like I had somebody that that thinks he knows something that said to me instantly, oh, man, I've had people tell me Odell runs his own patterns. And I said back, tell me one great receiver that doesn't do that. And he kind of – I go, every great receiver I've ever heard of they see something and they, you know, they make an eye contact with the quarterback and it means, hey, I'm gonna run a dig instead of running this post. Or I'm gonna run, you know, like that's like and that comes from being attached at the hip. I mean, how many times have we watched Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, you know, look at each other at the line of scrimmage, and I can guarantee you they didn't run what was just called the huddle, but they knew from the look that they got, hey, I'm gonna run this, this, and this, and it may not look but I'm gonna get a point. And, for what, and I'm not making excuses, and I don't know everything about Odell, and I don't know everything about Baker. But to state that, in the statement that's been made, some of the big three lapses you spoke of, um, number one, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, the Browns have lacked talent for so long that I can't imagine someone flippantly wanting to just throw it away. Yeah. Um, and like I said with the running game, the running game is going to be different, and we're going to blame the line. I mean, ask any offensive lineman, how much easier it is to go up to the line of scrimmage and know that you're not going to have a seventh guy in the box, ever. You're t- like, like, that changes the game completely when you know, okay, we can go two wides, we can go two tight ends, and we can- and I can tell you the math right now who I'm going to block. That makes that, that makes the game elementary. Yeah. So, at some point in time, we're going to see. And Baker, I- hey, look, he's got the perfect setup with this game this week. Raiders giving up almost 300 yards per in the passing game sounds like the weather's not going to be good, so that could be a problem for the Browns. Raiders' defense is bad. You go into the Vikings. Bad. Body, you talk, it's, real, it's bad. And they go into more bad defense. If Baker wants to make a case to shut up the people that were on the other side a week ago, and I'm still – I'm not sold completely. I think he's always going to be adequate. Is he going to be great? And can he win you an AFC championship game and a Super Bowl? I'm not sold on that yet. And I don't know if – and, and that doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. I just want to see. You're it. right. He can't. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, I, I don't know how anyone can say that without seeing him do it against the big boys.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. God
1: bless him for what God. God bless him for what he did last week. But, Man, Jason Lloyd with the Athletic wrote a great article the day of the game that almost 70 percent of his big yards and touchdowns have all come against the Cincinnati
0: Bengals. Yes.
1: You have to equate that to something before you anoint him.
0: Well, let me merge those two thoughts. And, you know, on what he can do, where he can take you and that guy being in the box. I don't know the exact play call. I only frankly only watched the replay once. Um but the outside throw, outside shoulder to Peoples Jones, right? The it was a twenty four yard touchdown. I think I saw in next gen stats the pass traveled like forty two yards in the air from from where Baker dropped back and getting over to the to right in the corner, right? Like, right. as a rookie, Dre, that's the throw that he made all the time, and that's what made me say, oh, my God, this kid's pretty good, okay. right? And, yeah. and as I've said to you and as I've said on this podcast many times, preseason, his second year, there were days early in camp where he was hitting those to Odell and two other guys, and I was saying, oh, my God, like, when this offense figures things out, they're going to take off. And really, between then and last Sunday, and all credit to him for throwing the five touchdowns, winning a game in which the Bengals did not punt, (laughs) the first game in NFL history with five go-ahead passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like, how many times had we seen that completed? You can count it on one hand, right? Right. And so I've I've wondered, what what happened? Did his mechanics completely go away? Is he not healthy? And I'm not talking Uh, about the next three weeks, like – you have to hit that in today's level. That has been my point of contention is you turn on an NFL game and yes, Russ Wilson is in a galaxy of his own. And yes, these other guys are, but you watch them throw eighteen to twenty eight yarders routinely. Routinely, the great quarterbacks, right? I mean, especially in today's yeah. game, as you mentioned, where you have to score. I would a lot say of the, points.
1: Right. I would say Freddie he got Freddie Kitchen. Um is the excuse I would give him. I think the offensive line play was so bad last year, Zach, that once he started getting hit, like a boxer, his aggressiveness was taken away from him. We all know the line, you know, that Mike Tyson has made made out so well. Everybody's got a game plan, so they get socked in the nose. I think he took so many hits last year, for whatever reason, he's just been gun-shy in the pocket, and that's what makes it hard for me to watch him at times. But I will admit, last week, before he even made that throw, and credit to Kevin Stefanski going forward, I can't wait to see how he calls plays for the next four or five weeks. Because I, I tweeted it during the game, um, whether it was the throw that was picked off to Odell, there was too much razzle-dazzle BS early. and It was like a Freddie game calling in the first quarter and a half, I thought, by Kevin Stefanski last week. And then it was like he realized, I better get my quarterback in a rhythm or we're going to get our doors blown off. And he did it by simply, you know, short, quick pass to Kareem. Quick pass to a tight end down the middle. Another quick ta- like I, I don't have them all in my head, but I know he and I think I text you this. He made him for a quarter and a half throw elementary passes. Everything was so simplified that when he needed the big throw that you're speaking of to win the game, and he needed the big throws, the one driver, he threw three passes to the ball down the middle to the Chiefs, who wanted to act like he was all tough and like he really don't want to be traded, didn't want to throw the ball between his legs, hit himself between the you know where. Like he's tough now, like he really didn't have to be traded. That was one of the best throws I've ever seen Baker ever throw, because his coach, yeah. for whatever whatever Stefanski called Zach, it got us back to the guy that everybody fell in love with three years ago. He suddenly was in the pocket, not thinking about getting hit in the knees, not thinking. And then when you get that last drive to win the game, he actually broke a tackle when when the Bear, Bengals actually got um some, they got a rush on him. So I guess what I'm getting at is, for and, and look, usually the Usually the most cocky, most arrogant guy on Twitter or in your neighborhood usually has some insecurities that he's covering up, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, we all know that. Usually, The guy that's got to talk the biggest game usually got some insecurities. We all have them, no matter how cocky or, or, or brash we are. Everybody Minor that I'm
0: anything. almost out of White Claw, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My point being is no matter how hard, how much he likes to talk and how much he talks about having a chip on his shoulder – I think the pressure and getting hit up the middle and not knowing where to set his feet last year ruined a lot of his mechanics as a quarterback and took away some of his swagger and throwing the ball downfield. Um, The throw to Odell that got picked off. Terrible throw. I mean, number one, it didn't like look like Odell even knew the ball was coming to him. Number two, if you're going to throw the ball to Odell on that plate, it's got to be towards the sideline and way higher. Um, And to me, Like, if you're going to throw that ball, let it rip, baby, right? Let it rip. You don't throw like, let that, and he didn't let it rip. I don't know why, but he didn't. So, we're we're going to, you know, the quarterbacks they are facing this weekend. Derek Carr, to me, is in kind of the same, kind of still figuring out who he is. Because I think with Gruden, if he doesn't figure it out this year, Gruden's going to go get somebody that can run his offense, right or not. Because that's how this league works.
0: Well, yeah, no. Well, I mean, listen, what what hangs over everything is that it's not easy to find one. The Browns want this to work. They want him to be the guy, right? Every guy. I mean, 26 teams right now, 22 to 26 teams want the guy they have to be the guy, right? I mean, the fact is, like I said, last podcast, we went over the tiers. The Browns are a middle-tier team that's not a third-tier, middle-tier team that's not much above the fourth but is good enough on their best day to hang with the twos. Well, we haven't seen their best day. And Patrick Mahomes is 24 years old and is in his own galaxy. Right? So this is where you are. Yeah. You you, you, yeah. you got to have it. So, look, look. It is important that they keep winning. And, and the biggest thing to me, Dre, about last week, I'm a big believer in sports in any level that confidence can carry over, especially at the higher levels where guys have obviously gotten here for some reason. And he needed – you You said it well. He needed that game. He needed that game. And at the core of it, it's a road division win. And I don't care who you are, you don't ever take those for granted. Right? No. It, was, it was a bounce – you know, the two necessary bounce-back wins they've had have been, both been against the Bengals, but they needed it. Yep. Now they're really banged up. Miles hasn't practiced – Jack Conklin's limited. We already mentioned Kareem. Jarvis is playing. You know, Jarvis is your number one receiver now. He's been playing with a broken rib. Guys really want and need that bye week, physically and mentally. And you got a Raiders team that comes in and they need this game because they don't play little sisters of the poor in the second half of the season like you do. So for them to make the playoffs, they have to go to Cleveland and win the game. Right? So these yeah. are the different challenges that are presented. And it's every single week in this league. It's why teams don't go 15-1, and one, even when they're great, right? It's why really good teams that have one bad thing happen to them, and, and, and for whatever reason, injury or bad luck or bad call or lack of maturity, let it spiral into having a 7-9 and nine season. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to the Browns. I mean, <laughs> the Jaguars are so bad, and they have Minshew hurt. The Jets and the Giants know that they can't win a game, or they're going to miss Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and all three of these teams are uh, on your schedule. I'm just saying, is yeah. the Browns are progressing? Like, there's been some really important moments. Miles Garrett and his turnovers have won you some games. The first time yeah. you were in a game in the fourth quarter and you were down, and it was manageable. The quarterback brought you back. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. That's one to know. So, what do they have in the tank this week? It's a test for the coach. It's a test for the GM because the trade deadline's been going on. Time is on the brown side because they have a bye week, so the COVID testing doesn't mean as much to them. But you know calls have been made one way or the other. They've still got, you know, 40 hours or so after the game to, to yeah. reassess their options. I mean, all,
1: what's, What doesn't make sense to me is they're all doing the – NFL, they're all doing the COVID test, right? Like each team, why is it a COVID test differently if I come from another team? You know what I mean? Like, because you're leaving the – because you got to fly or – like, that hasn't added up to me why they're doing
0: it that way. You know what I mean? It's not like – Yeah, no. Like it it, it doesn't add up to me either. I guess it's because of the transit involved. Okay. It's because that, – that's my only explanation. Like, like, remember when I talked to Austin Seibert five weeks ago? And yeah, yeah. the Browns called him or the Browns cut him at 1 o'clock the day before? And when the Bengals called him, his first stop was back at the Browns facility to take the COVID test. Right, right. You know, um, I don't know. Did he have to swear that he wouldn't stop at a rest area on 71 to take a piss? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I mean, he I mean, didn't was, have to. Carlos most guys have, like, dude. Carlos Dunlap, he, 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 had the, he had the social media 24 hours that will get most people fired forever. But you can't drive from Cincinnati to Seattle, show. right? So he had to fly and fly wow. commercial. All right. So I understand. Um, Right. the Six days seem a little. I I don't know. Listen, for the most part, the NFL and and the Browns, let's give them kudos. They've had no known cases in their building. They've done everything right beyond right because other teams have had it. Um, Right. You know, this is what it is. These are the complicated. I just think I'm not sitting here saying that the Browns shouldn't make a move or won't make a move. But when you add all the complications that go back to March, Dre, and that they're off to this start, and that it really all is about the quarterback, and they've had some guys really jump off the page, and some of those guys are now banged up, it's almost like let it play, right? Because it's so much about the big picture. It's so much about Bobby. next year. And you get to next March, and hopefully you're going to have a real off season, And fully assess all your options and have guys visit your building and have off season practices and have evaluated for your schemes, not for somebody else's. I mean, these are the remnants of, of constant change, right? Like then I, I feel like gotta, it's much better.
1: Yeah. I feel like the emotions of doing this podcast on a Thursday compared to doing it on Monday. It's just like, you know, the same thing of, (laughs) Of you writing on Sunday, because when you wrote on Sunday, I'm pretty sure you mentioned they better do something about 23 if they want to continue playing games. Yeah. Um, and on Thursday, it's like and – I, and I get it. like, And I get the emotion because, look, if you've watched the Cleveland Browns game, you've had to ask the question, who the hell is 23 and what is he doing? Um, and and it's, you know nobody wants to – well, some of you want to attack him because you guys don't know any better. Is he overmatched? Absolutely. But what are the chances that you bring another safety in here and you trade for him on Tuesday yeah. and he hasn't figured it out by, by December 1st? Slim. <laughs> like, if you put a guy in a whole new system and could, he's instantly just going to fit right in and plop right in and get it, that's not how it works. Like I, I, I follow the writers um, that cover the Steelers with the athletic. and They do a really good job. And they're talking about how this defense and how the Steelers have a chance to be this great team. And still, as we go in, you know, in the midway point of the season, what's the problem with Steelers' secondary still having with guys that know each other that have been in Pro Bowls? Communication. So now all of a sudden we expect the Browns to go out and trade for our safety and not have the communication problems. And Lord knows, Browns ain't got no room to give up no more points right now like, yeah. as they figure it out. I just, you know, it's like, and I know there's some people right now wanting to turn the podcast off because they're pissed because they never want to see sindayo play again. But... To me, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with Zendejo at this point.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels that way, and, and I think you said it well. It's it's clear it's not all his coverage, uh, but he's being targeted, and like what you watched the other day was a rookie quarterback complete every single thing over the middle, and then guys turned it yep. into more yards. Not three times, yep. not six times, <laughs> right? The yeah. C- again, the Cincinnati Bengals did not punt. <laughs> the Browns won the game.
1: <laughs> Thank God for Miles Garrett. Thank God for Miles Garrett because without Miles Garrett, for um, you wouldn't have the same record. And I mean, I'm, and that's not that's no, not no. He hey, every single
0: mind. one of the wins he's made a game changing play. He, he's he's right. awesome. He's been awesome. And Denzel Ward the other day was awesome. And I, I had a commenter in one of my stories say, "When did Denzel Ward become a superstar?" Well. <laughs> Uh, well, he have been on the way. Specifically on this defense, <laughs> he's a combination of Night Train Lane and Deion Sanders. In reality, he's a really good <laughs> ascending player. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. In reality, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not, like in reality, Night, Night Train is rolling over in his grave. Don't you ever say that again. <laughs> Night Train took people's heads off. <laughs> Night Train would go to prison. For what he, he did to people now. Today, they would not allowed to do that shit. <laughs> Kids, go look up Night Train Lane when you get down with this podcast. I was just going to say, only <laughs> on this
0: podcast do you get that shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, now. Night Train was like grabbing heads and shaking. Did heads. you happen to hear Stefanski Wednesday? Um In the no. Zoom, someone asked him specifically about the play where Denzel slid under the guy in the screen. yeah and he said, that's an old Antoine Winfield Sr. move. And I said, Antoine Winfield Sr. <laughs> yeah, that's how old we are, man. And that is a Winfield move.
1: And it really is. Like, and, and then that reminded because now I did read it. I didn't, I didn't hear it because somebody else brought it up to me. And I thought to myself, I can remember Winfield because he was smaller. He knew, how to duck, he knew how to duck a big tackle coming out to get him. He would go underneath him and then pop back up and pop the running back. He's
0: um, I mean, the the Winfields, were, they're just born different. They were born for this game. Yeah, I know they were. They were. Um, you know, Ronnie Harrison's an upgrade. Uh, he wasn't quite born to play safety. He's an upgrade. And, you know, look, the thing is nobody, not one team in the NFL that's trying to win the Super True. Bowl is content with their secondary right now. So you have to make do. But the other fact is, and John Dorsey was a big believer in this, You have to have five corners over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. The Browns are down to three in numbers two and three. I have major questions about. Well, are we going to get the other, are we going to get the other
1: guy back? Greedy done for the season. I mean, when
0: you hear nervous, well, listen, Jay, they didn't put him on IR quickly because they thought he'd be back. And so when they did, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a question. But Johnson listen, we, ter- we said Johnson what we can say. Johnson
1: wasn't terrible. Uh,
0: Johnson
1: wasn't terrible last
0: week. It's a big game Sunday because they're all big games for the evaluation process, for trying to win, for trying to make the playoffs. This is a team that wants your playoff spot, needs to beat you in your house and needs you to falter later. And so the way to make them go away is to kick them right in the teeth and make them go away. And if you have to beat them 40-39 to 39 or 37-34 to 34 or 23-21, whatever it is, you have to do that. Right? Um you want to talk that's about the Maslin story?
1: Um, actually, I was going to bring up. Why don't we seriously? We should do another one because I want to talk about the World Series, um, the ending. All right. Uh, well, listen, with the bye week, I'm we not
0: busy. So.
1: Yeah. So why? Yeah. Why don't we? Hey, we. I'm going to say this right now. We mean it. I got a couple things I got to wrap up because I'm close to. I got to go do something else anyway. Um, I, my offer for the athletic to five guys is still out there. I know like six of you, seven of you hit me up. I got to find the email in a complete or not way. I may have deleted it. I will find it so I can give five more out. That's my bad. I still owe on it. Um, I will make good on that. I promise I will do that. That's my first thing. Um, number two, I want to do the, the Masculine podcast, right? I want to talk baseball now that it's over the right way so we can combine those. Um, now
0: that, that it's, it's over forever? Go. go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
1: Shit, football might be over forever in a couple of weeks too. Who knows? I, you know what? We literally, we're day-to-day. We all are. We Come all on. are.
0: That's that's true. It's never been more true. I mean, but that
1: – yeah, that look. That look, though, after the World Series was wow. Like, and I, and who knows? I mean, hopefully it's, it's a bad test anyway. But just I think – and I don't want to speak out of turn, um, especially too far out of turn because I got kids to feed. But in a way, I'm kind of glad what happened with Turner happened because the baseball bubble was good. But it wasn't all it was made out to be. Is <laughs> what is what yeah. it's all I'll say. I had a lot of players complaining well, in private.
0: No uh, and listen, we, we touched on this a little bit last time, but like when I talk to guys in the NFL, like they are on the edge every single morning. Right? Every single day. Um and as I've said before, without letting you on to anything, usually Sunday nights is the best time. To get real shit from people that work in the NFL because they're wound up from the games, just like you are. Right. Watching it at home, right. watching at your dad's, watching in the garage, whatever. But like, they are so exhausted mentally and physically, and so not scared, but so tense about Monday and Tuesday. Like, yep. it's just a different world, man. It just yeah. is.
1: Yeah, I don't think most people understand that part. And shout-out to D.K. Metcalf. Oh, my God! I, I don't know what else is going to happen the rest of the year. But, damn, that's going to be – I mean, you'll never forget that play ever again. I mean, and what high school coach don't, that we don't know that won't have that play queued up to talk about hustle for the rest of our lives.
0: You going uh, you to go to Reggie's game on Saturday? What do you guys got going? Yeah, I think I can. I think I can. Yeah, you ready to right. try to
1: make
0: it? <laughs> I haven't seen you, and I I, I know you got, a, I know you got like, 17-step clearance to see you, so I just was curious. Hell
1: so. yeah, man. I ain't trying to deal with you motherfuckers.
0: All right. Um, American Fireworks sponsors our Glory Days segment. We haven't done one in a while. Do you got a Halloween Glory Days or not?
1: Halloween Glory Days. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast yet or not. It's funny. I'm parked in a garage in downtown Cleveland. There must be a Halloween party because – a Easter bunny just walked up behind me <laughs> my car. I was like, what the? Um, I think I told the Kent State one where I dressed up as Prince and it had like the fake, it had like a butt opened up in the back. Like it wasn't actually my cheeks that were out. And um, because it was Kent State and it, you know, you partake in certain things when you're in college to intensify the evening. Um, I remember walking down downtown Kent and I was Nervous out of my mind, sweating, and people were hooting and hollering like I probably usually hoot and holler, and this made me never whistle at a girl or do anything stupid to a girl in public, uh, because after a couple drinks and after being out for a while, I probably got my ass grabbed about I don't know a hundred times, and about the hundred about the ninety-eighth time, I freaked out and ran home and went back to my house and sat by myself. <laughs> <laughs> So, the moral of the story is, kid, don't dress up as Prince for
0: Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, you, I mean, you know, there's so long ago, it's hard to remember. And it was a different world then. Like, you'd lose people and you didn't have cell phones, right? <clears throat> like, right. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things I wouldn't trade, specifically my second one, for the world. For who was there? For how it went? For somewhere having the grainy pictures that we got. I almost said Walgreens, but shit, this was even before Walgreens was invented, right? You got produced at twenty four. It's CVS Uptown Athens, Ohio. Um. However, like I pay just as much to not go through it again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Saturday, I. I. I, I, I <laughs> the weather stinks today. It's Thursday and Friday. I think Saturday is supposed to be a little bit nicer, but not great. Like. I just am so excited to put Ohio State-Penn State on the projector in the garage. Like, you know, pray all involved are safe before that and just watch and crack them and then fall up, fall in. Go to bed. Good night. But maybe I'll see you Saturday afternoon.
1: Saturday afternoon, yeah. We should be uh, – I don't think I got anything else going on. You talk about those 17 steps. I'm just being honest. And I know the way I said it. I just don't – I pretty much hibernate during the offseason anyway. But I don't trust half you jackasses. If- to be completely honest, I'm good, man. I have been sick. I have been sick in 2020. It's been great. <laughs> I like in all honesty, I feel good. I, I'm good with it. I can hide till 2021. Hell, I may hide till 2022 if my checks keep coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. My life is good. I ain't fucking it up with y'all.
0: <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. All right. A uh, shouts to scene, to the honeymoon girl, to American fireworks, to you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll gather again Monday or Tuesday. We appreciate all the support, and we will talk to you soon.